Street as well as people have no money down. That's right, no money down. They're located at 6385 North Federal Boulevard with a great auto inventory. Give them a call at 303-298-1155. That's Magic Financing. Features Mago the Magician. They're open Monday through Friday until 8 and Saturday till 7. Check them out. That's Magic Financing. Call them today at 303-298-1155. Tell them you heard about it here at KUHSDenver.com. Also, Yes, call magicfinancing.com. If you need a new or used car, call them. Talk to Maurizio. He's uh, Mago the Magician, a good dear friend of mine. Uh, they have been sponsoring the council here for many, for a couple of years now. Go to them. They'll take care of you. Tell them Charlie sent you. And welcome, everybody, to the council. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello. And we have a fantastic guest here with us today. We are going to talk about uh, so many different things, uh, tapping into a deeper understanding about why we're here and how to be able to use art to uh, connect to and heal ourselves and what are some of the deeper purposes of our lives and all these things we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to make sure that uh, you know some things that are, that are happening that might be very, very important to you that are listening to us here today. Uh, if you need health insurance coverage for 2021, no matter where you live or how you prefer to enroll, Connect for Health Colorado is here to help you find the best plan for your medical needs and budget. January 15 is the last day to sign up for 2021 coverage, and only through Connect for Health Colorado can you apply for financial help to lower costs, protect your health, your finances, and your family in 2021 with a high-quality and affordable health plan. Visit connectforhealthco.com or call 855 855- 752-6749. Again, that's 855-752-6749. And I just want to do a quick shout out to uh, KUHS. I mean, we are broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado. Um, broadcasting not only here in this beautiful state, the snowy cold day today, but uh, it is a little bit it's cold. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, you know, we broadcast all across the nation and all around the world. Uh, we're the number three in the country in streaming services, and we are touching lives in, in so many different countries in Brazil, in Argentina, in uh, Uruguay, in Costa Rica, in Germany, in Italy, in Russia, in Iran, in, in the Middle East, and, and in so many places that uh, people tuning in, Asia, India as well. Uh, we thank you each and every day for um, every time we're on. We just thank you for tuning into the council and, and allowing us to uh, share some time with you during these very difficult and challenging times. But we have resources in us that can help us to get through and to be able to tap into those things. And, how, and learning how to do that is such a critical thing when we're at a, a transitional juncture. I really believe uh, we're at a transformational moment in time. And that's why we're seeing this huge separation that seems to be happening. We're going through this alchemy that's occurring on an individual level, 
on, a, on our family and tribal levels and our collective level as well. And it's not easy. It's not easy sometimes to be able to move through these challenges and to not get caught up in the, in the illusions that occur or, or being drawn into some of the conflict and remember to staying center and balanced in yourself. But we're going to talk a little bit with our guest today about just that, about how we can move into uh, the arts and how to move into that sacred space within us to be able to connect to those deeper truths that will help us to move through this time uh, together. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, her name is Natalie Venti Ventimiglia. Ventimiglia. I'm Italian and I should know this. Natalie Ventimiglia, she's an artist and galactic guru behind the Art Stands By Me movement, which uses creativity to awaken creativity. Uh, she's figured out how to awaken herself in the illusion of separation and is on a mission to help others to do the same. Uh, she reminds us that the key is to remember that you forgot something. Uh, you forgot who you are. And she is a gateway to remembering you are part of the whole a master among masters. And once this concept is integrated, there's no limits. And her, her current mission is to stand not only with the light, but with the integration of all aspects of self in order to move the collective into oneness through the neutralizing effects of unconditional love. Her website is www.natalieventimiglia.com. That's N-A-T-A-L-I-E-V-E-N-T-I-M-I-G-L-I-A.com. That's a, that's a mouthful. You can go to artstandsbyme.com. It's the same website. You can it's go, easier. Is yeah. it art, art, <laughs> yeah. artstandsbyme.com. Art stands well, welcome to the show. Thank Natalie. you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It is such a it's such a thrill to finally meet you. You know, I, I, we we were we uh, were introduced to um, uh, through a friend of ours uh, mm -hmm. who's watching the show, and they're both watching, I'm sure. And uh, but I would love for you to be able to you know just share a little bit more about your background and and uh, where you grew up and and why this passion for the work that you do. Well, you know, I grew up in Michigan mm -hmm. in a relatively small town called Saginaw. And, um, you know, the way I look at it is, like, what an amazing place to practice giving and receiving unconditional love. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. um, it's the stage before the stage because I had so many friends, like, still that I talk to and I'm so, uh, they're so important to me, mm -hmm. you know, today that we're fostered in this, in this small town. And some of the things that we were able to do um, because we had, you know, the small, I went to Catholic school because we had a small Catholic <laughs> school. And I'm, I'm trying to think, you said, you know, where did this, 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 this love of art come from? And I believe it, it was first started when I was in um, this, this competition called Academic Track mm -hmm. that we did. And so we were able to compete with other schools in the seventh and eighth grade in, um, in all the different kinds of areas. Mm -hmm. We did choir and we sang songs and we did, um, improv and just really fun you know stuff that in the schools took it very seriously and we they taught us how to do these things they taught us how to sing they taught us how to do, you know how to do um these these improv and speeches and and it was really fun and and so i volunteered for the art one mm -hmm. and so an artist came in and taught us how to draw and you know a group of us that showed an interest and i learned pastels 
And I think it's really funny now because when we were drawing these, they were usually, you know, still lifes, and we would um, draw them from all these different perspectives, right? Right, 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 of course, yeah. (laughs) So no two of these were going to be the same Mm -hmm. because you're looking at it from here, and I'm across the table looking at it from there, but we're all drawing the same thing, and we're all seeing, you know, something different. And I remember that one time, I didn't follow the rules, and I went outside the page, or like the boundary. So I, my subject matter wasn't inside. It wasn't inside the little squares. It wasn't inside. That right. Yeah, I mean, it was just a piece of paper that right. we were all given. And once you get going, and the perspective needs to be the you know accurate. And by the time I got to the top piece of the flower, it was off the page. You know, and I was like, <laughs> oh, and I knew I was right. going to get disqualify myself. And you know, I wasn't following the parameters of the competition. And I just remember being just distraught you know it was just the most important thing to me Mm -hmm. why was this so so important (laughs) you know and i and it was shocking to me because i had done sports and i had done all these other things but this art competition was just so incredibly important and then as i went through school you know i went to school for biochemistry and i Mm -hmm. was really into the sciences and and um and then i i pursued careers in science-based things or technology and dot-com era and telecom and um, that type of thing and it was exciting to me to do that but when it came down to it when I really thought like is this important enough Mm -hmm. like is this worth my time Mm -hmm. and it wasn't you know there was a moment I'm like yeah I know I'm helping people get faster internet access and that's important but is it is is it the best I can do is Mm -hmm. this the best I can do and then art school seemed to be you know, something better. It mm-hmm. seemed to be more important than anything. Like bringing beauty into the world seemed to be the the most important thing. Yeah, no, you know? <laughs> I, I, and I understand. For me, yeah. from my perspective, because I had similar to what you were going through, is that I had, I went into the military. Right when I was very young, I was in the arts and I was performing and I was doing all kinds of singing and, and dancing with the the Colorado Children's Chorale and we were touring the country yeah. and doing that. And then I went into the military, which was very different. It was that you're not really expressing yourself. You're not really, that's not, that's not the design of it. That's not the purpose of it. Uh, and then I switched over when I got done out of the military, I went into the theater arts. That creativity just seemed like something outside of, wanted to come, like yeah. something wanted to be birthed, wanted to come out, that it was, I was, for so long I'd been holding back the, the desire to express. And it sounds like that's something that and it is. You it, it's, too. it's not something, you know, I've had gallery owners and friends and other people that just look, they're like, oh, that's not, that's not an easy path. Yeah. You know, getting her out there, being super raw, exposing your the true self, because you know you cannot separate the art from the artist. You know, like, <laughs> no, you can't. And so when you, you put that out there, you're literally just like opening your soul up for all these people to critique and, and oh, I, I don't like that piece. You know, and you're like, yeah. My piece doesn't like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you just really have right. to get to this place as an artist that you're your own critic, and that's the only critic that matters. Mm-hmm. And if you love it, somehow people seem to think that they can't love their own work. And and I'm like, I, if I'm not loving that piece that's on the wall, then I'm not done with it. Was know? was there a moment in time for you where you were able to make that leap? Oh, I mean, it's a, yeah. It's it, not. It doesn't come. It that's doesn't not, come no, easy, no, right? No. <laughs> like no. Before you could really stand in that kind of truth. Yeah, and it was one time, and I was like, someone said to me, like, God, I love that piece, and it was hanging up in my home studio, and 
And I was like, yeah, me too. And they looked at me like I wasn't supposed to like it. Like I wasn't supposed to give that response. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I don't like it, how long do I expect you to? You know, and it really, it's a thing. It's like, if you don't love yourself, if you're not all in on yourself, mm-hmm. then how can you expect anybody else to do that for you? And that's a, I mean, that was a, that lesson doesn't come just, you know, aha moment. I mean, for me, it didn't. Maybe some people did. Maybe for some of you Yeah, I hope that that you get this right now. Because once I realized that, I was like, oh, I got to double down on me. And that's when I get other people to to double down on me. Because they know I'm not going to back out on me, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And so when you get there, then you're just like, oh, now what else can I do? Mm -hmm. What else can I do? Mm -hmm. What's next? What's next? What's next? And then spreading joy and spreading love and spreading, you know, this beauty through, through glass in... To me, it's just like the most versatile, most amazing material that is out there that's in every aspect of the world from technology. Like every innovation has come with glass. I mean, like telescopes and microscopes and seeing glasses and fiber optics and, you know, your phone. I mean, glasses everywhere. And I had this, you know, kind of download that I had not when I was, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago. And I saw it all. I was like. Oh, wow, glass is involved in everything, you know, like, and it will be involved in the spiritual awakening as well. Yeah. And I wasn't really sure what that meant at the time, but over time, I, and I figured it out, right. you know, <laughs> I figured it out through this, this process of this reflection of glass mm-hmm. because it can hold the vibration and it can hold this energy and then reflect it back. Yeah. You know, like a, a prism, like something will goes through it and is alchemized mm. and then I can reflect that back into the space. And I realized that's what, what I was doing. And I was like, well, no wonder I picked glass. <laughs> well, it's beautiful. <laughs> I think your pieces are absolutely, they're stunning. I mean, they're really breathtaking pieces. And each of them has like a message or a movement or something that you, was, uh, was divinely inspired uh, for you to be able to put these pieces together. But I would love to talk just a little bit because you, you speak about, uh, on, on one of your videos on the website, about that you, um, you had a meeting with a Native American woman yeah. who, who was doing glass bead work, and it, re- it was really inspir- inspirational for you in understanding how to communicate your work and your spirit through your glass work, correct? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So I was in uh, high school, mm-hmm. and I had, you know, I was, as much as I love my, my little hometown, uh, the second I knew that I was, uh, it was available for me to leave and explore the world in a way mm-hmm. I was in. I wanted to go any opportunity I could go to see what else was out there. I was taking it. So we had um, my church basically <laughs> had um, a, we were going to I don't know, do outreach with mm-hmm. these Indian um, American Indians in Montana, and I wanted to go. And I remember it was super inexpensive. It was like forty dollars or something. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> right. no, for real. It was for, and we were only allowed to bring so much money. So uh, there's a maximum amount. So there was no uh, separation between people that had more funds and people that didn't, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So we all had the same amount of spending money. We all were there. We were all equal playing field. And um, we were just going to go to Montana. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they had arranged for us to do, and I just thought it was really funny because I wanted to go and learn from them. And mm-hmm. we were supposed to go teach these kids Bible study, <laughs> which I just thought was just ironic, you know, because yeah. it was really, anyway, it was, yeah, it was that's really, a whole, that's <laughs> yeah, a whole like, different, I don't know yeah. if you want to get into, into that, but, you know, it was, <laughs> no. you know, it was this commonality that we were all just trying to learn something new. We, right. we were trying to learn from each other and, and see what we had. And, 
And so we had gone to see this woman who was doing this incredible beadwork. And I walked in, and it was, it was like I walked into a different dimension when I walked mm -hmm. into her studio. And it was just so beautiful. And these tiny little beads, I mean, they're glass, but she wasn't doing with glass what I was doing, you know, with yeah. what I will eventually do with glass. But she's, you know, beading them and stringing it, and I don't even know what she was doing, but it was gorgeous. And <laughs> these intricate designs, and, and I just had so many questions. I wanted to know everything mm -hmm. about it and what she was doing and how she had so much patience. And um, she was very gracious, and she told me all about the process. And she just said, you know, when I'm, when I'm making this work, I think about the people, the person who's going to resonate with this, who's mm -hmm. going to be attracted, you know, to this piece, and I'm going to put so much love into it that when they see it, they don't even, they're not even going to know why they love it. Mm -hmm. They're just going to love it because I, it's the love, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not even, of course, the design is beautiful and the aesthetic is, to me, was more like a, you know, um, I just got back from from Joe Dispenza, so I want to say kaleidoscope, but it is, you know, like a mandala. It is, yeah. you know, some yeah. for the patterns were had very, they're sym symmetrical, beautiful symmetry. And so, you know, I was just drawn to them. And then when she told me what she did, that they're holding space in someone's house, just a beacon of love, no matter what else goes on in that room, there's always going to be the love that she put into this piece that's going <laughs> to also so be there. That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And I'm like, I'm wow. doing that. I'm doing that, yeah. you know, like that was yeah. it. I'm like, I'm gonna figure that out, I'm gonna do that. And it took me a long time, you know, cause at the time I wasn't doing art. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was doing it as, you know, no, I wasn't even taking it, I was taking choir and stuff. So I'm starting, why was I taking art? I don't know. I was doing other things artistically that were fulfilling that void, but I knew that, that artistic, you know, need, but I knew that I would, I, I would need that. Mm -hmm. And then um, not too long ago, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, I was, at a widespread painting concert and at Red Rocks, which is, you know, one of my happy places. And I saw her again, and it wasn't her, it was somebody else. It was another woman who I just like snapped into a moment, and I, she was wearing like an Indian, um, a, a, a shirt that had like an Indian flair to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I was like, I started crying, tears streaming down my face, and I could cry, seriously, I could start crying right now thinking about it, it's so emotional. And I was like, it's you, it's you. And it was wow. a young girl yeah. that I happened to run into, which was, and I instantly wanted to be with these people. Yeah. I'd gone to this concert with like 12 dudes because none of my girlfriends were really into going. I don't know, it just all worked out that way. And then there was these, these three girls sitting in front of us and they're looking back at me and I'm looking back at them and I was just like, I'm supposed to be with you guys. And they knew it too. And they, you know, all of a sudden we were instant, fast friends and right, it's like where right. you guys been you know like good thing we all met up here like right. you got the memo good job you know for listening because right. i listened too and we're here and then i saw her as this indian woman i was just like wow this place is getting crazy isn't yeah. it amazing when you when you start to get into sync with your own life yeah when you start following your calling when you start following that sense of whatever that is that your soul is driving you you're no longer resisting it, and you're picking up on all those little clues along the way. The little, uh, you know, I, I'd say breadcrumbs, but that, I think that's a way for people to understand it uh, metaphorically. And you just start following that path, and you're open to it, and you're available, and you have those kinds of transcendent experiences like you had with the Native American woman that gave you this insight to a future that you were going to have 
that you didn't yeah. know you were going to have in that moment. No idea. Yeah. Which I think is so powerful. I and mean, when I when I was listening to that on your on your site, I was like, wow, that is so fascinating. And at the time, I'm sure you didn't even know that that was what was going to happen. But the message that you got was how she put her love into her work. And it's now I can actually see it um, intuitively. Like I have opened up so much intuitive ability through all this work and, you know, finding of oneself and self-actualization and, and realizing, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of when you talk about the mystical. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, in, in the beginning, I, there was something to be afraid of because at times I thought I would, you know, lose my friends and lose my kids and, you know, people thought I was nuts and still people think I'm really crazy. <laughs> so don't, you know, I know that. <laughs> but then it was just like, what world of crazy do I want to live in? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This reality tunnel of crazy that you're living in, which I can't live in, yeah. you know? Because <laughs> like, yeah. once you understand, once you tap into these things, you cannot know what you know. Yeah, You can't go back. And then I had to start playing this game with myself. It was like, real, not real, real, mm-hmm. not real. I'm like, okay, did I meet this Indian woman? Yes, that was real. You know, <laughs> did <laughs> right. I, you know, when I see yeah. her work in this, in the room, it, I could see it radiating. Mm-hmm. I could literally see it, you know, being brighter than the rest of the thing in there. Okay, real, not real, real, that, that happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Did I meet her again at a, <laughs> at a Red Rocks? Okay, that one's questionable, I get it. I was a little shaky, but for me, it was real. Like, she yeah. was talking to me, I saw it, I, you know. It was, and then when you, you follow those, those breadcrumbs, then I start thinking about this place as a game. Yeah. What's my next clue? Yeah. Then and then you know then my buddy right. Mike calls me up while I'm in Mexico last week. Hey, friend of mine wants you to be on the radio. I'm like, well, yeah, that's my next clue. You know, that's it. And then you just follow. And sometimes you get led into some distraction, like into a. Um, I like to call it, like if you're going down the Upaya path, this river of you know your life, you get you get into like a little jetty, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you do you get a detour yeah. because you just quite haven't learned the lesson that's in there. Yeah. And you get, you get distracted and distracted, and you're like, whoa. Then you pop out one day, you're like, whoa, that was a rough one. You know, like that was, that was a thing. That was a hard, you know, lesson to learn. And you kind of just find the next clues through there and look back on that, and you know what you were supposed to learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you can do that and you see this place as a game, it becomes really fun. It can be a lot of fun. And it can be, when you see it as an, as an effort for us to evolve and yeah. to grow and to change and to transform, then it becomes something that is we don't necessarily look at the bad things that happen to us as necessarily bad. Yes, when you're going through it, it's extraordinarily painful. I'm yeah. not denying that. And of course, in, um, it, you know, and a lot of the people that uh, I work with and talk to and who listen to the show, they deal with a lot of a lot of pain. Uh, they're dealing with a lot of trauma, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, child abuse and, and war trauma, uh, rape, um, uh, domestic violence, uh, refugee crisis, a lot of different things. And those, that's not to minimize. Those, that's not it. We're, but we wanted to be able to learn how to utilize the forces around us to create something new, to help us to transform our trauma into something beautiful. And art allows us to do that, allows us to be able to, like you say, art stands by me. Art, that's an expression of my soul, it's an expression of who I am and what I've gone through and all these things. And we can transform that, that darkness into something beautiful. And Without a doubt. 
mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean, so, um, so the, through the process that that I had, you know, uncovered and with a lot of help, I've hired some coaches and branding coaches, and one branding coach in particular really helped me um, narrow in mm-hmm. on on the message. And it really was, and, and this is why I love this woman, is because she didn't care what my what my message was. She didn't question, you know, whether or not I could do this work or whether or not I could really change the vibration of a room with art, you know, (laughs) or if I could create a gateway or a portal through my art. And she's like, okay, great. That's what you're doing. Let's just figure it out. You know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, she believes me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then you start attracting more people that believe you and more people that think it's possible and more people. And then I started seeing it in my own work. Mm -hmm. And then. I, I saw people in my visions having these mass awakenings in front of my art. Mm-hmm. And and then it wasn't really happening. No one was really having these awakenings. But then I realized that I did. Mm. Like, I had an awakening in front of my art. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I had seen a couple of other people have these mystical moments. And I'm like, I just need to hold space. Yeah. I just need to hold space for people to be able to be in an environment that is outside of their normal fight-or-flight environment, right. which allows them to... Um, see themselves from another perspective Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of art out there that will talk about um, you know the plight you know those remind you of what we're doing and so like I don't know art that has war in it or art that Mm -hmm. has you know women that are torn and broken down it's like we already know that as far as I'm concerned I mean that that's just not my personal focus it's like I I don't care how we got here. Mm-hmm. I, I could really, I could care less mm-hmm. about all of that, all the wars, all the trauma, all the things that we've been doing for, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of years. I'm really interested in the correction of that. I'm, mm-hmm. What do we do from here? Now we're, we're already in the situation. That. That's great. Now yeah. what? You mm-hmm. know, what can we do from this moment on? And that is really the Upaya path. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about that in, in the circles that I run in. And the Upaya path would be like, um, if you're at a golf course and you're trying to hit a putt, and your intuitive, you know, mind, I just hit it straight. Mm-hmm. I'll just hit it right from here, as straight as I can into that hole. You know, Bob Barker, you know, like that was what you would do with The Price is Right. You know, right. you just, yeah. if you can hit it straight, you're winning that thousand bucks all as well, you know. But in the game of life, there isn't straight. It's mm-hmm. not a flat ground, no, you know. <laughs> not, not in my experience. Right? No, it's true. So someone who knows how yeah. to read the course, yeah. someone who's been on that course before, who's, been there before you mm-hmm. might say like a caddy you know hit it here mm-hmm. hit it way left i promise you it's going to come back and you're like Ugh. and you, your brain doesn't it doesn't compute that because even if it's you know if it's super far away and the read is far and you, you hit it a little bit you know short of that because you just can't conceive that that's the path like that's the way <laughs> you know but it that can't be it's got to be this it, way right yeah. and, and, and you don't hit the, i told yeah. you to hit it way out here and you didn't you hit it halfway and you're like but my brain just wouldn't let me do that. And so over time, you keep practicing, and you realize, wow, that was that was the path, the yeah. shortest possible version to where I'm going. And then I started to realize there's a one more component to this, which is that it's, it's with the resources that you currently have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there is no, like, from the moment that every listener is in right now, the next step is ready for you with, right now, mm-hmm. like with what you already have, with the resources currently available to you. And once I learned that lesson, which is something that really they dig home, um, I had just got back, like I said, from this Joe Dispenza uh, meditation retreat. Which we love Joe Dispenza on this show. <laughs> right. I mean, we, we, spe- we, we, we pro- uh, promote all of his work. We actually had a, I did a whole show where 
Uh, I was explaining, I had just done this workshop with uh, Joe Dispenza, and uh, I was just so enamored by, you know, the work and understanding the quantum field and how our thoughts and emotions and feelings can affect the field. And that, you know, by getting into that space and that place where we can affect the quantum field in a way that turns us into more possibilities and outcomes that we ourselves get to influence. We ourselves can create. Right. As long as we're not continuing to repeat the old story again. Right. You're co-creating yeah. now yeah. In, in, in love, you know, in Joe will say, like, I'll meet you in love, which is really like, I'll meet you in the quantum, which mm -hmm. is where all things are possible. You know, we're all things where there's a timeline where you're already through all of this, mm -hmm. where there's a timeline already there that you have forgotten all the trauma that you've ever experienced. And not only have you forgotten it, you've forgotten it because you've transcended it. It's mm -hmm. no longer your story. It just isn't you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's the old you and the new you. You're like, oh, that's the me I'm supposed to be. And then you just step into that. So when you understand that this this is all available to you without a fight, without a struggle. And I've been struggling for years to try and get the brand out there mm -hmm. and to get people up advertised and done this and been in that and spent so much money. And then when you realize that, oh, I don't have to do any of that, like it's the, it's available to me. It's mm -hmm. all right here. The next step is with the resources I currently have. <laughs> and I was advertising for my class, right? And the class is offered as a donation-based class. And mm -hmm. I'm actually started going, you know, into a, a a financial situation that wasn't great for me because I was advertising a class that I was giving away for free. You know, it was costing me money. <laughs> right. And I thought, I was like, what, I know. Am, what am I doing? Right. You know, this is crazy. Like, we, we I forget to value what we have to offer. Right. You know, we forget to value that. We were like, we just want to give it away for free. And here it is. And, and we forget that we, there needs to be some reciprocity. Right. And it's yeah. just like the take care of yourself first mm -hmm. and the, the nuances of altruism mm -hmm. are that. And, and I like to say, like, service a lot of spiritual teachers and you know people say service to others mm -hmm. service to others well i like to say service to all or you know because i'm included in that like yes. service to all is including me that's right and if you that's you right. don't if you give away so much mm -hmm. then you know you you have nothing left and then you really do feel like you've been abandoned mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by all of the things you're like how is it that i'm giving so much and i'm not getting anything back oh god yeah you know that's <laughs> a big problem for so many so many of us people that really yes. want to do the work and they yeah. really want to make change and they really want to help people and then you once you realize you're like oh i am all things like i am i am the universe mm -hmm. i am a god and so are you. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the God complex starts when you think that you're you are Jesus and you are the only God. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're Buddha. You're, yeah. you're Krishna. You're Mother Mary. And all the, well, but we're all the. It's in it's in um, Luke something. I think it was Luke uh, seventeen or whatever it is. It says you know in that one it's he's talking about turn within because the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is not outside. It's of not you. outside of you. Don't look outside. Look inside. And, and, I, and I think because we moved in to the nuclear age um, in, after World War yes, II, yes. it forced us, to, we created something that we couldn't outrun anymore. <laughs> so it forced all of us to start looking inward. And so you had this huge explosion in the 60s, uh, this uh, spiritual consciousness and openness and, you know, all these different movements. Uh, you know, uh, Vatican II happened. Uh, uh, the Dalai Lama left uh, Tibet. I mean, it was East meet, meets West, West meets East. And so now all this turning inward and people were discovering, wow, there's a whole inner landscape here that we didn't know anything about. And fast forward to where we are today. 
now we have the science that yeah. backs up what they were talking about, all these mystical teachers. And now there's a quantum field that they can measure, that they can see, that they can test, that they can, uh, you know, sample. And we can all tap into. And so learning how to be able to do that is part of the process that we're in right now. Yeah, without a doubt. And I've, I've seen this before, <clears throat> and I can snap into these things in meditation. And, and I'll see it, you know, from above. And you talk about this nuclear age and, and oh, how horrible that was. But when I look at it, mm-hmm. I see, wow, that was so dark. That has sprung us so far into the light. Yes. And that is the fuel yes. in the world of duality. Yes. In the third dimension, the darkness is the fuel for the light and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And when you really get that, like when you really understand that, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, now I know why that guy was such a jerk to me. Now I understand, you know, like w- what a blessing yeah. for that to have happened because now I understand that getting my, into a place of such darkness. Mm-hmm allowed me to spring myself into such light and that is the third dimension that is duality and right now we're finding out that people can't really understand collective consciousness when they don't see someone from the other side of the world but now that we have the world is so much smaller now because mm-hmm. of the technology because of wi-fi because of I mean, what we're heck, doing what right, we're now. Doing right yeah, now yeah exactly i mean this was be, would have been virtually impossible 10 years ago right. where, you know, where we could connect each other and talk to people right now mm-hmm that are tuning in, that are around the world, that are on the other side of the globe. Right. I mean, it's immediate, instantaneous communication. And so the way that this works and the way that it's evolved from, say, radio or TV is how you can understand that you can be your own you know, transducer of information. Mm-hmm. And so you can snap onto whatever reality tunnel or whatever radio station mm-hmm. you want. So right now, on another radio station, they're playing country, and they're jamming out and doing whatever, talking about NPR. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Terry Gross is somewhere talking to somebody else. And, you know, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's just a, another reality tunnel that someone else is living in. But all of us right now are living in this one. Mm-hmm. And we get, guess what? We get to choose. No matter what reality tunnel you start your life in, the beauty of free will, which mm-hmm. people, you know, question whether is, there is free will or not, and... And those are some valid topics and really good conversations. But ultimately, when you know you can change your reality tunnel if you choose to, there is a, there is a timeline for that, for you to go and pick a new one. Mm-hmm. And going you know, and finding this research and finding people like uh, Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza and Nassim Haramein and all the stuff that they're doing in Gaia, we're understanding that all these mystics and these people that we've read about and ancient aliens and they knew something, yes, you know, did. that we didn't, that we didn't have forgotten, mm-hmm. right? Back to, to the mission. It's like, wait a minute, I forgot something. And somehow now within the last, I don't know, year or so, I've been able to remember, spontaneously remember how to do things mm-hmm. that I've never studied in this lifetime. And then I've run into other people who can also, are also doing it. Right, and right. they're saying, I don't know how I knew that, <laughs> yeah, Natalie, but all of a sudden yeah. I just remembered you know this huge scientific theory and and writing it down and doing work that is comparable to what researchers are doing in laboratories and in colleges and universities and they're like how did you know this and like i don't know i just remembered (laughs) and it's it's crazy because it's true and then i you start to you know bank these feelings and you start to stack them which we just talked about a, um, a bunch stacking these stacking them stacking them and not just from your own experiences but finding others that have had similar experiences and part of the reason that I went down to that conference 
was to find more people who thought like me. Yeah, yeah, find yeah. more people that were living in my reality tunnel. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, I was, like, living in a very small, you know, like, straw <laughs> <laughs> is how it felt. I felt like I was the only one that was in this tunnel. Yeah. And then I went down to this conference, and I realized that there's a lot of people living in this tunnel and a lot of people that um, – as the week went on, I started restoring my whole faith in humanity mm-hmm. and starting like restoring my faith in the divine masculine and mm-hmm. these men who are opening up and really wanting to be vulnerable and use their emotions and be strong and compassionate mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. and protect you with love, not protect you with might. And it was really just like looking around and seeing these men and seeing the people that were there and the passion that Joe has for the work. And mm-hmm. and then here we are, too. I I, I wanted people to know it's possible. Mm-hmm. And um, what we were able to do in this conference is we were able to, to join our energy together mm-hmm. and remotely heal people that weren't even there. We were looking at pictures of people. Mm. So now you understand what Wi-Fi is like. You understand tuning into radio. Mm-hmm. You understand tuning into TV. So now all we've done is tuned into a frequency, which is this person. Mm-hmm. And now we've got all this energy, and you're focusing your energy on this person. And all of a sudden, I could just see him. I'm like, oh, let's heal you. You know what I mean? And I could see him, and I could – I'm like, we should get these rods out of your leg, and we should do this, and we should do that. (laughs) And people around me are like – they see it too. They see this – you know, this healing is happening. And we're doing this in this large group of people. You know, there's there's a lot of us there, 1,000 people in in this uh, conference in the middle of a – Pandemic, in the right? middle of it, yeah. And so I'm thinking to myself when I booked this ticket, and I was talking to my ex-husband about it, and you know, I'm gonna about to go down with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, Joe knows something that we don't know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because nobody loves Joe Dispenza's work more than Joe Dispenza. You know? That's true. That's true. Right? Yeah. Nobody loves my artwork more than me. This is that's true. Than, nobody is, loves my exactly. Work this show is your baby. Right. You know, this show is my baby. Yep, and, and I love it. And you I love, love it. it. Oh. And so he's it's afforded the, me so many incredible exactly. experiences and opportunities and reach to touch people and, and touch their hearts and to share what other people are doing and who they are, to give them a voice. Oh, it's so you a, would not I jeopardize the show? No, no. Right? I mean, no. And so Joe Dispenza would not no. jeopardize his research and his work. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking, he knows something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why would he allow this to happen why is he not worried about all of this Mm -hmm. and then as the course of the week went on we found out like he did tell us that there are you know research that he is is um in the middle of conducting where people who have been exposed their blood has been exposed to um covid Mm -hmm. type um laboratory covid (laughs) before the conference and then they go through this conference and do these crazy meditations and they talk to the divine and they become the divine and they feel the divine around them not just in their own self but in everyone around them and they tap into this frequency this dimension that they didn't even know existed before and they Mm -hmm. become you know they they live in the quantum they become the Mm -hmm. quantum and then they realize all things are possible. Mm-hmm. You become the wave. You want you just pick whatever reality you want mm-hmm. because it's available there. And then you bring it back into matter because you chose to see it through this lens of I am I am all things. Mm-hmm. I am I am love. And then you come back and you're like, well, why would I want COVID? You know, like so you're. <laughs> it, my, it, I'm just not a vibrational match to that anymore. Right. And then they put it into the laboratory, and they're finding that people are becoming. Um, they're immune, I guess. They're they're getting immunity mm-hmm. from ex- the exposure after the conference. So if you know this, that there's some other way 
that you could change your um, susceptibility mm -hmm. to the frequency of the, you know, the things that could hurt you, mm -hmm. right? So now you're no longer, you're like, why would I, if I get to choose my own reality with my thoughts, mm -hmm. why would I choose one that sucks? <laughs> for exactly, real. for real. I mean, why would you want to choose one that causes you harm? Well, right? because you're conditioned to do that. We are conditioned to do that. We are conditioned yep. to do that. And my sister and I were watching this program the other day, uh, Ink Wars. Mm -hmm. I love using pop culture. This is really part of what I do in my class, is I try to give like practical things that are in your life right now to show you the crumbs, yeah. to show you the clues to our behavior. And I love, 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 love reality TV for this reason. So it's a show at Ink Wars, and they're doing tattoos on each other, and this guy um, wins this challenge. Uh -huh. And the challenge allows him to pick these other, uh, they call them canvases, where they're people, you know? <laughs> and they've got tattoos that they want to um, have covered up. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot about this because I got, I got a lot of tattoos. And so, <laughs> and so, um, and I've, I've covered them up, I've gotten them removed. And so it was, it was interesting and I was, you know, I was relating. Uh -huh. So he won this challenge, so he got to pick first. What tattoo, you know, what canvas, what cover up would he want to do? And he picked the easiest one. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Right? Right, right. Because right. he won the right to pick the easiest one. And then he does, and he makes this beautiful tattoo. And, you know, you can't see the other one underneath it at all. You weren't going to because it was faded and crappy to mm -hmm. start with. Mm -hmm. So then the judging comes around, and the judges give him a hard time. Oh, you're such a good tattoo artist. I don't know why you wouldn't have challenged yourself and picked a harder one. Wow. And, we're th and really, like they gave him, they didn't give any good props to the fact that he made this beautiful tattoo. He won the challenge. Why not give yourself a minute? Because he's like, give yourself a break. Do yeah. the easy one for a minute, you know? Yeah. And then I realized in that moment, I was like, wow, we're conditioned to, you know, to, to not give yourself that break. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and these yeah, judges yeah. didn't want to yeah. praise him because he picked yeah. the easy way. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with the easy way? Yeah. Why can't I just win the lottery tomorrow and fund my mission <laughs> right. i mean for real like, exactly oh you got to work for it yeah. you know you got to show yeah. people that you worked really hard and i'm done working hard like that and i just don't i don't want to do that i want to take the easy way i want to have fun i want to have extra time well and that goes into the idea that life should be enjoyable you know i mean yeah you're going to have your challenges as we talked about part of that journey that's going to help your soul to grow and but you also want to enjoy your life you want to have, make it fun, make it exhilarating, make it exciting. And, but it's not so easy to get there. You know, we've, we've done a lot of work. Both you and I, I can tell, have done a lot of work. We've done the, the, we faced a lot of our shadows. We faced a lot of our, uh, you know, um, darknesses, things that we had to our personal demons that we've had to. And so we've come through a, a lot of that to the other side. So it is a journey. And it's, uh, it's a spiritual journey. Yeah. And so when was when did your spiritual journey begin for you? When did you start moving in this direction? Because we're talking about a lot of things that yeah. now we understood, but it took a while to get there. Right. Well, I mean, I had a profound awakening um, and it was in one moment. You know, it mm -hmm. was it was a day that I was um, I was in my studio and it was almost four exactly four years ago and it was snowing. Mm -hmm. But it was the first snow of the season. Snow was coming down big, huge, huge flakes, you know, it was in, in November. And I had taken my kids to school and I cleaned my kitchen and I knew what was going to be for dinner, you know, like that mm -hmm. type of thing. Like everything was settled and I was in my studio and I remember thinking like, I get to make art all day today, yeah. you know, like 
how grateful I was in that moment that I w was able to make art. And, and I went into my studio and I just started sketching and, and then I had to move to, I mean, it was, I was sketching so fast. I was like, pages, pages. It was just like, I did a whole entire body of work. I mm -hmm. sketched it all out. And I had been listening to Marissa Peer before that and she had talked about, you know, the, the biggest problem with humanity is that people don't think they're enough. Yeah. And it's true. And when I when I listened to this one hour program on mm -hmm. her saying that, and then I was like, that's it. I don't think I'm enough. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. I know I, that's it. So I did everything that she said to do. I, I put and one hour again, never did I, I didn't take her class. I, I just listened to like a like a TED talk type of thing. Mm -hmm. And and then I did all those things. And so in that moment, I'm sketching, sketching, sketching. And I look up into this giant mirror I have in my my house and and I thought, I'm enough. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm enough. I'm bawling, tears are streaming mm -hmm. down my eyes. When you the day you realize that you're enough, that's a big day. It's a huge day. It's a big day. It's and then day. I saw myself on these big stages and you know, I was giving speeches and I was doing these huge installations in public spaces with my art and and I thought to myself, I was like, wow, that's what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Well, I better get on it. I didn't <laughs> even know what I was gonna be talking about. Yeah. You know, I had no idea. And and I you know, I went to yoga because that was like everything like i don't know what's going on mm -hmm. go to yoga like mm -hmm. the answers are yoga and so i got i love <laughs> yoga i've been practicing i've been practicing yoga yeah. for almost 20 years now oh yeah okay oh, so you God. get it then I you get, get it, it. Yep. so i'm in yoga and i was i mean what i realize now is that i stepped into flow yeah. and i didn't even know what that word was before that but i was in flow because <laughs> i get to yoga and i'm 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 putting my leg places i didn't even know i could like, i was doing poses <laughs> i've never tried before right right and and then at the time, I was really big into, I mean, I still do this, but at the time, I would always thank the people around me for practicing next to me because I was just so happy to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, I had younger kids and I didn't have a whole, you know, a lot of help. As far, I, couldn't, I wasn't as free to just go whenever I wanted. So mm -hmm. when I could schedule the time to go, I was so grateful. And I turned to the guy next to me and I said, you know, thank you. And he's like, for what? I'm like, for practicing and sharing your energy with me. And he looked at me and goes, you crushed that, girl. What are you talking about? You crushed that. And I go, I know, right? I did. Like, it was just hilarious. So I go outside. I grab my stuff. I'm looking at the snow. The, the yoga instructor, who I've never seen before and never seen again, she comes up around the corner. And she says to me, Natalie, um, or she didn't say Natalie. She just says to me, what's up? Mm -hmm. Like, what's up? She saw I was in a daze. I was, like, in a complete daze. Mm -hmm. What's going on with you? And I said, today is the best day of my life. And I'm, you know, I'm holding back tears, and and she's like, "Why you you love snowboarding? You love skiing? Because <laughs> it was it was pouring down snow. I mean, just so much snow." And I said, "No, I just realized today that I'm enough." Wow. And both of us are now wow. falling. We're wow. both we're both crying, and it was a really big moment. And it's yoga, yeah. you know, I get it. But still, I don't know this woman. But in that moment, I felt like that she was all that I needed. Like it was yeah. all I needed. And so I go home and. You know, and I and I tell the story, and you know I could tell that my husband wasn't really getting it. You know, he wasn't mm -hmm. really getting it. And in that moment, I was like, I'm not sure if this guy wants to go where I'm going. Like, I really just felt like I I work for God now. Like it was that bad. Like I work for God. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. I don't know anything about that. But I came over me so strong, and that was that. And it was just this journey. And the journey has taken me such, such dark, dark, dark places. Mm -hmm. And when we talked about before, like, why don't we feel like we deserve for it to be easy? Mm -hmm. That's the question. Mm -hmm. Not like, yeah, we all, yeah, yeah, this place supposed to be fun. You know, like, 
Well, why the the dark night of the soul's work is why don't we believe that we can just be on vacation here? Why does everything mm-hmm. have to be so hard? Well, I think one of the things too, and uh, and that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing yeah, all that. that. That's uh, I can see how um, you know that moment in you and your eyes being when you recognize right. that you're enough. You know that you don't need to have anything more added on to you or. What you're just enough, just the way you are. Like me, don't like me. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> right. I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be all right, you know. And and this is who I am. And and this beautiful art that you have, and all these, uh, that's what we, all this art that you're seeing behind us. That is Natalie's art. It's beautiful. It's fa- it's gorgeous. I highly recommend going there and buying something. <laughs> uh, it's really fantastic. I've gone through all of it, including conscious sculptures and pathways uh, they're just there's a movement in your art that I just find so powerful like you can really feel your art and I think that that is you know that's a sign of really great art is that you're you're able it, it comes alive for you it's not still there's a there's an, a movement that happens well it's funny that you say that because that's kind of how I saw it happening and it was like the art started changing for me. Mm-hmm. And I would make this piece, and I, I was just compelled to make it. I didn't even know why I was making it, but it just, you know, you just birthed this thing out. And then later on, years later, I'd go back and look at it and go, oh, man, I know what that was about. Like, now I get it. And I believe that that's what is perspective. So now I'm looking at the, the art, you know, itself doesn't really change right because it still looks the same but when i look at it it somehow looks different to me because now i understand from the perspective of the me now person mm-hmm. not the not the old me who who made it for example how do i'll give you an example so i made this triptych it was a self-portrait of myself and, and i was at jury duty and i and i'm not the type of person that is very comfortable judging people at all because <laughs> i'm like because I would intuitively see is the person's yeah. life, and I would yeah. say, "Well, his mom was so horrible, and you know, what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was really just in that gang for attention, and they were like a family that he didn't have, and of course he wanted to prove something, and because he loved his family, that's why he shot that guy, you know, <laughs> like, and I see it just somewhere else, and yeah. and so I knew why. Why would I? I mean, maybe it would be good for me to be in a jury. Who knows? But I, in the moment, I wasn't feeling it, but mm-hmm. I knew." Everything happens for a reason. I'm supposed to be there for a reason. So I, I walk outside downtown Denver, and I see these um, these uh, those little bumps on the sidewalk that tell blind people that they're about to go into the room. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, think to myself, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's signs everywhere. That that means nothing to me. That that bump in the road, you know, means nothing to me. But to a blind person, that means everything. <laughs> that is everything. Yeah, so there, there's signs everywhere. Those signs are yeah. everywhere. So I made this triptych of me, the shadow of myself, recognizing that this was a sign, that yeah. these are all signs. Later on, I showed this, showed this work in, um, in Norf- Norfolk in Virginia at a gallery. And one of the pieces broke. It was a triptych. One of the pieces broke on the way there. Glass breaks. I get that. you know. Mm-hmm. But in the time, you're like, it's, I was distraught. I'm like, oh, my God. Now we have to rework the show mm-hmm. and all this stuff. They shipped it back to me, and I just I couldn't deal with it because it was just too much. And then over a couple of years later, I decided to glue it back together. Mm-hmm. I highlighted the cracks, and then I hung it up in my office. 
and one of them had like this aluminite, um, they call it ir iridized glass, mm -hmm. and it kind of looks like rainbow. And now when I'm doing art, I'm like, oh, I got to bring in more irids because I got to bring the rainbow light. I got to bring in the healing. I got to. Mm -hmm. So now it's like this alchemy, and I'm like, and I can hear in my brain, they're like, bring in more pink because you need more divine feminine to heal that. I'm like, oh yeah, more pink, you know. And then I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like a witch doctor, you know. Right. It's like, oh, I need you know two more. Um, Toad's breath, you know, I'm looking around for toad's <laughs> breath, but for me it's it's like navy blue and it's right. adventuring colors mm -hmm. and so I just know I have to bring in more of this this these these things and you know it's just um it's just like transformed into um the way that I'm doing this alchemy, mm -hmm. you know, the, the way that I'm um using it into the glass and and creating this healing, you know, through the things that I'm making. Mm -hmm. It's just just been such a journey of, of allowing myself to just be that witch doctor and say, okay, <laughs> if spirit wants me to bring in pink because right. that's the color of, of the divine feminine, mm -hmm. I'll, I'm just going to bring that That's in. Mother Mary's. That's the, that's the divine feminine. Mother Mary, that's the, you know, my, all, the, yeah, all of that energy that is, is connected to pink. Well, I've, why did, I got off on a tangent. What was I talking <laughs> we were, about? We were talking about, um, gosh, I mean, I think we were talking about how art can uh, can impact and change us, and we were talking about your journey. Oh, I was talking about, okay, so the, the piece I made. Okay. Yes, the piece Okay, I'm made. like, I know yep. I was talking about something, and then I, okay, so then <laughs> the, um, the piece I hung it up. Yeah. So now I hung it up, and I realized, oh, the iridized glass was the final one. So one day I'm in my office, and there's this piece. It's like there's the regular one, which I think of more as like the awakening, which is, oh, okay, I... I recognize that there are some signs that I need to be looking out for. Yeah. And so that's the first piece in this triptych. And then the second one is the one that's broken. And I realized that, wow, the next step on this journey, because I was so naive, I thought mm -hmm. that I was just going to start working for God and everything's great <laughs> and I would just be guided and I'm going to be on stage next week. And, you know, I didn't right. realize that I had to go through this dark night of the soul. Yes. And then the breaking of that glass was, symbol was symbolic. Yeah of the dark the dark night and i literally almost broke to the point where i realized this place can break you i mean for real it can break you down to not wanting to stick stick around not yes, wanting to be on planet anymore i took on too much mm -hmm. it's too much you know it's overwhelming why would i have why would i put myself through this this you know to the mm -hmm. point of breaking and and then i realized that and then i saw the last piece which I didn't even have them in that order when I first made it. Mm -hmm. I had no concept of this. I didn't know what was going on. And now I see it as like, you know, Jesus went through these stations of the cross. This was my stations of the cross. <laughs> like this was my yeah. transformation. This is my awakening. Yes. And then from that awakened place, it's you have to, everything you thought you knew breaks apart. Everything you thought you were, it has to go. Yeah. The old you, you have to, if you want to be changed, if you ha want to have change, you have to change everything about yourself, yeah. which is everything you were, all of it, you know? And so now I look at that piece, so happy it broke. Uh-huh. If it wouldn't have broke, you know, so it's <laughs> like, now you get it. Now, now you I get see it. it. I'm like, yeah. oh, I was just trying yeah. to, you know, I was just trying to put in glass that moment I had realizing there's signs all around me and now i see it's the whole spiritual journey it is you know? <laughs> and it's and yeah. it's a beautiful i've seen it on her website though those uh is it triptograph is that what it's called yeah, it's, it's a triptych yeah. triptych it's mm -hmm. a triptych and you see that metal piece and you're talking about it and it resonates anybody who's experienced that dark night of the soul yeah 
that shattering of that where you're, all, your, <laughs> all your expectations about who you are and what you're about gets broken. And every it, it's like spirit has to rewire you. Exactly. It has to rewire you. It has to reorganize you if you've been awoken. And, and usually a trauma, coincidentally, yeah. is the door that opens you up to the p- possibility of having this transformation. And, you know, it, it breaks down your expectations. It, uh, it has you confront uh, your own resentments, your fears, your angers, everything that comes up. I mean, and, and, and confronting our shadows is, I think, one of the hardest things for us to do as human beings, to own our own shadow, to own our own anger, to own our own betrayals, to own our own uh, lies and deceptions and the things that we do. It's so easy to project it out into the world and to not deal with it and, and see it in others and put it on to others, uh, which leads to all of the conflict and the separation and the war and all that stuff. If we could own our own shadows, and, and you have brilliantly in your artwork shown that through this um, trip, trip to, <laughs> triptych. Triptych. I don't know the word. The tri- uh, You've shown it so brilliantly in this triptych uh, of that journey. And, it, and, and I think, it, you know, we've only got a few minutes. Can you share just a little bit about the importance of that from your own life journey and experience? Well, because I've been able to remember so many past lives and so, you know, many times that I have fallen into darkness and I have remembered you know, I just seem to remember killing myself on a regular basis so many times. And I was just like, why do I always check out like that? You know, like, why does all, why do all my past life experiences or intergalactic experiences or interdimensional experience, whatever you want to call them. So these visions and that are so real and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so emotional and they're so vivid that they are me. I know it's me, mm-hmm. you know, cause I see my friends in them too. And I'm like, Oh man, we did some nasty stuff, you know? <laughs> and I remember doing such dark, dark, like, things that are just like I, I i can't even believe that we've done this stuff as humans mm-hmm. i mean like sacrifices of children and you know what i mean like we've done all this stuff we know it read about it in a book it's in there yeah, right you know like yeah. so dark and then when you see yourself that dark and then when you you look at other people and you know that you have done all those things whether or not you've done them in this, this lifetime or not mm-hmm. we have done all these things wars you know horrible horrible raping and pillaging and all these yeah. things and why are we doing this and why why are we you know why are we doing that and you understand duality you're like oh because sometimes you have to figure out what you're not before mm-hmm. you can figure out what you are and <laughs> that's so true when that you, is so true when you yeah. come from that place you're like yeah. oh that's not me yeah. that's not me i don't want i don't want to be that and that's when you have enough energy of that's not me that you propel yourself into the fifth dimension mm-hmm. where that is not well, you don't even need that anymore. Yeah. Now you're in the quantum. Now you're living in the quantum where love only exists. And then you're, you say, well, it's so easy to forgive now. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh, that's just me mm-hmm. before I forgave myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's just me before I, f- I understood right. why we do this, what duality looks like, what polarity looks like. And, you know, then you just move to a different place of ultimate forgiveness of self and of others because mm-hmm. you know that's you. That's just me before I forgot. I took the filters off. Come here give me a hug. Give you know me a hug yeah. right now. I mean, come <laughs> on. This is, it's so fascinating. I can't believe we're almost to the end of the show. This is like it's such a brilliant I know. conversation. It's, this is what happens when you get into the quantum. Chime does not exist. And you just, you know, it's just, when you know <laughs> you're, yeah, when you know that you're doing the right thing, when you know that you're 
um, happy, when you get into that place of happiness, yeah. is when time just starts to do crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're in the moment. Yeah. You know, and you start. It's one of the brilliant things when I was in uh, when I was in theater is you would break time and space. If you were doing it well, and you were living in the circumstances and the imagination, and you were really there, present with that, you broke time and space. Yeah. You weren't even there. You don't even know. You're like, wow, three hours passed. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you know it's possible. Yeah. Then you start banking that, and it's you know you just keep trying, you just keep going, keep going, keep going. What do you hope that your art communicates when people are, are, are looking at buying your art? And by the way, uh, please, for those of you who are tuning in, um, you know, go to this website. Art uh, Stands By Me. Art Stands <laughs> By Me is going to be a lot easier yeah. <laughs> than Natalie Ventimiglia. But there it is. Art Stands By Me. She has beautiful pieces, absolutely inspirational, incredible uh, you can feel them. They're alive. They seem to change with you as you change looking at them. Unique pieces. Uh, all of it inspired by uh, spirit. By spirit. Yeah. By the and, divine, absolutely. And her gifts and, and her incredible talent. Um, and you also have, uh, quickly, if, uh, if you want to share your, you have a program, right? You have a, I do. So it's a, it's a curriculum mm -hmm. that I was kind of guided by spirit to create, um, which it, you know, the end of it, it uses art, creativity, mm -hmm. not all my art, other people's art as well, to um, introduce you to concepts such as being resilient, being comfortable with change, this place is a playground. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in the very end, you realize that diversity is actually what leads us into an empathetic place, mm -hmm. which allows us to, to get into discernment. So the, the ultimate thing I want people to learn from the class is discernment. Mm -hmm. So when you don't know who to trust, when things are so confusing, like in times like this, where you really don't know who to trust, mm -hmm. we don't agree on the facts. So and then it's coming from everywhere. Right. You, you, so who do you trust? You yeah. trust yourself. So you trust yourself. it's a it's a class that teaches you how to how to trust yourself. And mm -hmm. it's funny because I started taking the class with you know, I thought, well, I can't class if I am not embodying and integrating this mm -hmm. own material myself. So I, I started taking the class myself. And so I go back and every time something happens, um, you know, miraculously happens, then I go back and add it and like see notes from the future. <laughs> when I really integrated that, this is how my life changed. Mm -hmm. And this is how my life changed. And so I'm taking the class with you. Um, and so just so you know, you're not alone when you're taking it. It's so brilliant. And I think that's such an important thing for people to learn is to how to trust themselves again. Yeah. And we need to. And you know, with so much coming at us from so many different directions, uh, we need people like you uh, and others who are working to help bring the light back in um, and to shine it out so that people can know that there's hope. Yeah. And you bring that. And so it's... Uh, yeah, Robin Williams um, is coming to mind, and his whole mission was um, to you know help people not be so afraid. Yeah. And when I get afraid to be honest with you it's it's not actually you know jesus or somebody else that i'm praying to it's robin williams you know? <laughs> <laughs> because i know that he is the part of me who's been through it and yeah. could probably give me some advice yeah. when i get into a place where i don't want to continue i'm like robin what, could, what should we do you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so the help is all around help That's is all around. <laughs> so brilliant uh folks thank you so much for tuning in to the council today uh just want to do a quick shout out to everybody here at kuhs uh, Henry and everybody in the back uh, who, who are do working behind the scenes and making all of this stuff possible here at the council. And every week they're, uh, they're connecting, they're wiring, they're making sure all the lights, the sound, the, the television, the connection, all of that stuff happens so that we can have like a smooth 
uh, or as smooth conversation as you possibly can. So thank you, everybody in, in the back there, Henry and and uh, Lenny. And also uh, thank you for tuning in wherever you are all around this world. Uh, the council is uh, is uh, being listened to by so many people. We are KUHS, the stream, streaming here in Denver, Colorado, all across the nation, all across the world, uh, tuning in in six different continents. So pretty great stuff. Um, before we close out, Natalie, I always ask my guests uh, before we leave um, to kind of help us out with a, a bit of wisdom. So if if you could think about from your life, one bit of wisdom, one piece of wisdom from your life experience that you would like to share with everyone, what would it be? Well, first, I think people have to figure out what is wisdom, right? So wisdom is when you've taken your experiences and the knowledge that is presented to you and you remove the emotion from it. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes just a lesson. And some of the people that I was fortunate enough to meet last week, and you know, they're telling me some stories about themselves and, and some horrible things that had happened to them. And this one girl in particular, she told me a story and I was just like, how did you recover from that? Like mm -hmm. for real, how did you recover? Cause she's telling it to me like she's telling me what she had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> and, and she really just said, I, I turned it into, to wisdom yeah. you know so i took yeah. the emotion out of it and i understood you know I, I forgave myself for even being in that situation for putting myself for creating this situation like ho'oponopono and mm -hmm. and i turned it into um into wisdom mm -hmm. and so in the class that's we actually go through we start with a piece of art which is knowledge and towards the end of that each chapter we turn it into wisdom mm -hmm. so what is it that this art piece wanted to teach us and what is it that this artist wanted you to know so just removing the emotion and moving into unconditional love about every situation that you're in is is what wisdom means. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, I think, is the first step. Brilliant. Thank you so much for of being course, here. Of course. I'm so, so gracious, so so grateful, and you've been so gracious. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Folks, thank you for tuning in today for the council and listening to this amazing woman here today. Uh, we will be back next week with another fantastic show to close out the uh, the year. Uh, we have a, another wonderful human being coming on to help us to get through this time. So the council is adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. God bless everyone. We'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Fantastic. <laughs>